And let's go ahead and pray over the word this morning. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to gather together, whether here physically, Lord, or virtually, Lord, through uh, Facebook. Father, we thank you, Lord, for uh, that uh, two or more gather and agree on anything, Lord, it's going to be done. So, Father, we ask you, Lord, for your presence. We ask you, Lord, for revelation from your word. We ask you to speak to our hearts this morning. Lord, give us what we need to carry Jesus in our lives better, Lord. Give us revelation this morning, Father. Speak to our hearts. Preach the sermon that you desire for each of us individually, Holy Spirit, as only you can. I thank you, Father, for it, Lord. Speak through me as you desire this morning, Lord. Bless your word. Um, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. So this morning when I left, it was negative 17. It was 15 degrees inside my garage and negative 17 when I pulled out. And I, I, by the time I got to Kansas City, it was uh, 7. So 7, 6, 7. So I was like, man, this is like a 10 degrees improvement. It's like a tropical heat wave, guys. It's like, come on. Have you noticed that the snow makes a higher squeak when you get down into the negatives? Have you noticed that? When you walk on the snow or you're driving on it, it's got a really high-pitched squeak. I learned that from all my years in Russia. That was my major takeaway. Uh, was you could tell by the, how cold it was by, by the sound of the squeak of how the snow gets. And uh, for our Thailand exchange student, uh, we threw boiling water out, you know, and it evaporated. We did some of that. So I think today we're going to try to do the bubble where you, make a, you get bubbles and it freezes instantly. Uh, because she's not, you know, being from Thailand, Bangkok area, she's never really seen any of the cold like this, so everything is a lot of fun. So that's what we're, we have on tap today, uh, besides be with our little grandbaby. Back to the word, Daniel 5. Sorry for the uh, <coughs> rabbit chase there. Daniel 5, you guys probably know this story. Uh, it's a common story in Sunday school. We hear this a lot. You even hear, it's so well known that... Uh, there are sayings in our vernacular, and even secular, uh, uh, secular people bring up and they talk about the handwriting on the wall. Can't you see the handwriting on the wall? It's so common in our culture. This is the story, uh, and we're going to go over it because I want to show you how this applies to you today in 2024 and what Jesus is saying, okay? So King Belshazzar... King Belshazzar uh, made a great feast for a thousand of his lords and drank wine in front of the thousand. Can you imagine how big of a place that was? He invited a thousand lords in and was uh, feeding them all in this big feast and feeding them all wine. And they were all drinking wine. So this is a, a big influential party that's going on. Uh, King Belshazzar, Belshazzar is having. And Belshazzar, verse 2, when he had tasted the wine, he got a little ahead of himself, got a little over himself, and he commanded that the vessels of gold and silver that Nebuchadnezzar, his father, had taken out of the temple in Jerusalem be brought, that the king and his lords, his wives, and his concubines might drink from them couple little notes there. When it says Nebuchadnezzar was his father, it's actually probably his grandfather or a great uncle. It means father not as, as in direct lineage, but more as in uh, uh, lineage of kingship. Okay? 
And imagine how many vessels that they took out of if he had enough for himself, his lords, his wife, and his concubines. That's a lot of vessels. That's a lot of gold and silver that, he, that Nebuchadnezzar had taken out of the house of the Lord in Jerusalem. These vessels were things that were, they were holy, meaning that they were dedicated to the use of the Lord. So they were holy vessels that Nebuchadnezzar had taken. God had allowed him to take as he was judging Israel and trying to humble Israel. He allowed Nebuchadnezzar to take this stuff and put it into storage. And now Belshazzar thought, you know, I'm going to go and grab this stuff and bring it out of storage and use it myself to, to have fun with. Okay? <clears throat> then they brought in the golden vessels that had been taken out of the temple, the house of God in Jerusalem. And the king and his lord, his wives and his concubines, they drank from them. They drink wine and praise the God of gold and silver, bronze, iron, wood, and stone. Praise all these different gods. So they're using God's vessels that God had designated, that he had allowed Nebuchadnezzar, and Nebuchadnezzar in his wisdom had stored them away and honored them by storing them away, not mistreating them. Belshazzar took them out of storage and not only mistreated them and misused them for his own pleasure, but they also used them in idolatry and worship of other gods. Okay? So immediately when this happens, the fingers of a human hand appear and wrote on the plaster of the king's palace opposite the lampstand. I love that. Opposite the lampstand, the light, the revelation. This is what you should see. This is what's giving you light. This is what you should know. And uh, opposite the lampstand, the king uh, writes there, and the king saw it as the hand wrote. Then the king's color changed. <laughs> Poor guy. I think my color would change too. You know, like just total shock. Probably all the blood left his face and he turned ashen white. And his thoughts alarmed him. His uh, conscience convicted him. His limbs gave way and his knees knocked together. Fear and terror took over his heart. The king called loudly to bring in the enchanters, the Chaldeans, the astrologers. The king uh, declared to the wise men of Babylon, Whoever reads this writing and shows me its interpretation shall be clothed with purple and have a great chain of gold around his neck and shall be a third ruler in the kingdom. I will give you everything that I possess if you can help me, or at least a part of what I possess, all that I have, I'll give you if you join me in this. Okay? Remember that everything he has was given to him or delegated to him by God. So, <clears throat> verse 8, Then all the king's wise men came, in, but they could not read the writing or make known to the king the interpretation. Then King Belteshar was greatly alarmed, and his color changed, and his lords were perplexed. He's doubly now. He's worse. The queen, because of the words of the king and his lords, came into the banquet hall, and the queen declared, O king, live forever. Let not your thoughts alarm you, or your color change. I had never noticed the color change, and all these times I've read it, I've never picked up on it. That's just funny. There is a man in your kingdom in whom the spirit of the holy gods, in, in whom is the spirit of the holy gods. Now, he should know that Daniel's there. 
he's in a long line. Daniel has been there a very long time. And great miracles have happened before this. So he should be known and should be aware that Daniel is there. But he's having to be reminded of it. In the days of your forefather or your father, light and understanding and wisdom like the wisdom of the gods was found in him. And King Nebuchadnezzar, your forefather, your father, forefather the king, made him chief of the magicians, enchanters, Chaldeans, and astrologers. Because an excellent spirit, knowledge, and understanding to interpret dreams, explain riddles, and solve problems were found in this Daniel, whom the king named Belshazzar. Belshazzar. Now let Daniel be called, and he shall show the interpretation. So you know that Daniel comes in now, and Daniel says to him, Guy, I don't want what you have to offer me. I don't need any of this. I don't want any of this. But I will tell you what the interpretation is. Daniel answered verse 17 and said before the king, Let your gifts be for yourself and give your rewards to another. Nevertheless, I will read the writing to the king and make known to him the interpretation. O king, the most high God gave Nebuchadnezzar your father kingship and greatness and glory and majesty. And because of the greatness that he gave him, all peoples, nations, and languages trembled and feared before him. Who he would, he killed, and whom he would, he kept alive. And whom he would be raised up, he would, and whom he humbled, he, he would. I'm sorry. <clears throat> but when his heart was lifted up and his spirit was hardened so that he dealt proudly, he was brought down from his kingly throne and his glory was taken from him. He was driven uh, from among the children of mankind, and his mind was made like that of a beast, and his dwelling was with the wild donkeys. What about a humbling? You're going to act like one, you're going to live with one. He was fed grass like an ox, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven, until he knew that the Most High God rules the kingdom of mankind and set over it whom he will. He got a revelation, received it, and humbled himself to the revelation of the Lord. Okay? And you, his son, Belshazzar, have not humbled your heart, though you knew all this. There's a big key there. This isn't a mystery to you, Belshazzar. You lived, were around, you saw this, you knew this, you heard this. These are stories repeated but you chose not to listen. You then have lifted up yourself against the Lord of heaven, and the vessels of his house have been brought in before you, and you and your lords, your wives and your concubines have drunk wine from them. And you have praised the gods of silver, of gold, of bronze, of, wood, of iron, of wood and stone, which do not see or hear or know. But the God in whose hand is your breath, and whose all your ways you have not honored. This is a strong word, isn't it? Then from his presence, the hand was sent, and this writing was inscribed. And this is the writing that was inscribed, Mini, Mini, Tekel, and Parson. This is the interpretation of the matter, Mini, God has numbered the days of your kingdom and brought it to an end. Tekel, you have been weighed in the balances and found wanting. Perez, your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. 
you jump down verse 30, that night Belshazzar the Chaldean king was killed, and Darius the Mede received the kingdom being about 62 years old. Now this is a hard one to read because uh, I don't think we like, enjoy reading about judgment. We like reading about mercy. We like reading about the, the beautiful, merciful heart of God. Uh, but when we see someone judged, it's scary for us. And so we kind of like, okay, let's, let's preach about heaven. Let's not preach about hell. You know, but in reality, there has to be that balance and understanding there of this is the way God works. He is very merciful. But there is a point when you refuse and refuse and refuse the mercy of the Lord. My takeaway for you guys is I want you to see the process that Belshazzar walked in so that you can not walk in that process in your own lives and that you can receive the wisdom of the Lord. So here he is, Belshazzar. You remember from what I've read here. He was around when Nebuchadnezzar did all of this. He knew all of these stories. He saw what Nebuchadnezzar did. He heard Nebuchadnezzar come back and give glory to God. He saw the humbling of Nebuchadnezzar several times, and he recognized that all of these things that they are worshiping are really not powerful. There is only one true God. It is the God of heaven that Nebuchadnezzar declared God Almighty. So he knew this. He, had a, he was surrounded by wisdom, but for some reason, Belshazzar decided, I'm going to ignore wisdom and push it off. I refuse to receive the vision, vis, uh, wisdom that is around me. Okay? So that's the first thing that, never, uh, that Belshazzar did, is he refused to gain wisdom from the revelation that was all around him. We have revelation all around us. And when we become unteachable, that is when our heart says, I will no longer receive of the revelation. I refuse to learn. I refuse to gain wisdom because my pride is higher than my humility is to gain wisdom. To be teachable, you got to be humble. you got to be able to admit, I don't really understand it all. I could be wrong. I, I don't know for sure. I'm in a learning process. I'll always be in a learning process. I'll never be perfect. My theology is, is my theology, my understanding, and I will trust the Lord to teach me through his word to correct me in his theology. And I have surrounded myself with people that I trust to speak into me and to correct me as needed. And so as you're gaining revelation from what you're learning by your relationship with others and your relationship with the Lord, you receive it and you choose to walk in that revelation. You don't push it off. Because it, after you push it off for a while, you enter in that second phase where uh, Daniel says to him that you lifted yourself up against the Lord. So every time when the Lord comes in and says, uh, Matthew, this is the way it is, this is the truth. And I push it off and I say, no, God, I want to do what I want to do. Then I am lifting myself up above the Lord. You see that? And so Belshazzar, in his... Uh, in, in where he lived and in his life, continually lifted up himself up against the word of the Lord, against the wisdom of the Lord. He picked a fight in his own strength. He picked a fight with the Lord. I'm going to wrestle with you, Lord, and I'm going to win. Talk to the hand. You know, I ain't listening. 
I'm unfriending you, unfollowing you. You're not, you're not my feed. I surround myself with what I want to listen to and refuse to listen to what you have for me. This is what he does, okay? The difference between him and us is that he did not have the Holy Spirit with him 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Okay? Thank God Almighty that Jesus is with you and that he has promised to bring you through to finish the work that he has started in you. And he continually, the Holy Spirit, moves upon your heart. It takes an awful lot for us to move from step one to step two as a believer. Can it happen? Absolutely it can happen in our ignorance and, and stupidity and pride. Yes, we can. Does that mean that we lose our salvation? No. It means that we're probably going to walk in some suffering. And you know where it says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy? It'll open doors of possibility where he can come in and steal, uh, kill, and destroy things in our lives. We lose out on the full blessing of the Lord. Okay? So he lifts up his voice, uh, lifts himself up against the, the Lord. The third thing he did, which I thought was, I'd never seen this before, and just, I was like, wow, Lord, this is, this is um, wild in my understanding as a pastor and as a leader and as a father, that once he had refused the uh, wisdom of the Lord, once he had lifted himself up and turned against the wisdom of the Lord, he began to dishonor the vessels of the Lord. He saw no problem. There was no fear to dishonor the vessels of the Lord. Now, the vessels of the Lord can be several things, guys. It can be uh, what the Lord has entrusted to you. It can be uh, all of the other believers around you. And it can be yourself because you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. You can mistreat yourself because of not believing what Jesus has for you. You can mistreat others and use others because of not believing what Jesus has for you. You can misuse your finances, the resources God has given you. You can disrespect uh, what the blessings of the Lord that he has in your life because of not understanding. So Belshazzar got to the point where he was dishonoring the vessels of the house and he used them for his own pleasure and purpose. Hate to start your year with a hard word. I don't mean it to be hard. I want you just to, uh, I like to begin my year by thinking, okay, Lord, what do you have for me this year? How am I going to grow? And often growth begins with being honest about where you are right now about what you believe and get right with God in an area so that he can begin to walk you out of that revelation that you have refused. He can re-give you the revelation. You can begin to see and you can begin to walk out of and properly have and walk in what he has for you. But it takes that humility of going, okay, God, yes, I've got these areas. I don't like them. I see I am being misused or I'm misusing others or I'm misusing your resources. I recognize that. I don't, I don't want that, Lord. I don't want to end up living without this my entire life. I want to back up and go back to uh, humbling myself and getting to the revelation that you have for me, Lord. So Belshazzar, he knew the testimony, but he said, no, I, I refuse to gain this wisdom. 
He lifted himself up against it because you have to keep doing that to put it behind you. Then you begin to dishonor God's vessels. That could be uh, God's, uh, also God's calling, God's giftings, God's people. And the fourth, it says that he worshipped and idolized the gods of uh, gold, silver, metal, uh, wood. He began to idolize and fell into idolatry of empty flesh. And this is what we all do, you know. Um, I can give you a real practical example, just so you don't get caught up in the fact that, you know, oh, it's, it's just talking about, uh, you know, uh, just this or just that. It, it can be very practical. Um, you grow up in a household that is uh, fearful of money. So your entire life is, we have to hold on, we have to protect, we, we can't be givers because we can't afford to give. You know, and that's the mindset you grow up in, and it is reinforced by what happens in your life because your parents are that way, and you know, and it just kind of, and so it's embedded in you, and you don't even realize it. And you hear these testimonies around you of the faithfulness and the goodness of the Lord, and it's better to give than to receive, and all this testimony is out here, but it just doesn't click because I've got this argument built up, this stronghold in my heart and my mind. And so I don't hear it, I don't receive it. And I'm lifting myself up. When the Lord begins to pry on my heart, it might be a thing of, oh, well, no, 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 no. I, I can't trust you in that. And you begin to go, oh, because uh, my distrust of you is bigger than your ability to be real and generous. You know, it's, it's crazy when we think about it, but it's so real when we're in the middle of it. You know, the fear or whatever, the flesh aspect of it that rises up and that terrifying of when the Lord says to you that first time, uh, I'm going to provide for you, but I want you to give the remaining $300 in your bank account to that missionary. And you're like, whoa, Jesus, that's, that can't be you. I bind that spirit in the name of Jesus. You know, and you do these things because you're pushing it away. And usually in the process, as we soften our heart, the Lord bleeds us through and, and our heart softens and then we turn to the revelation. But if we don't turn to the revelation because of what's happened in our past and we hold on and we put our feet down hard, we begin to move into, into um, misuse of the vessel. And it's things like, okay, Lord, I'm not going to give because they mismanage money. And this is my money and I'm not going to give it to that person or that person and getting judgmental. And then finally, you're into worshiping where, oh, I've got to get money. I've got to get more money. I can't trust. I've got to. You're in the total control because you have given your heart over to that your source and your life comes from money. That, you, that becomes the focus and you begin to worship it. Worship it in the sense of this is my life and this is what I need. Okay? Just the very practical. And that could be in all kinds of areas, guys. This is how Satan works. He lies to you to get you not to believe what Jesus says. To get you to ignore what you see around you. The testimonies. That's why the testimonies are so powerful. He tries to get you not to listen to the testimonies because the testimonies are powerful. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. By the people testifying, I've been there, I've walked through it, this is what I've done. You hear that. Why does he not want people in church? 
if there is a testimony coming forth. Isolate you away so that you can't. Everybody collectively breathe. It's good. The Lord is with us. The good things about the Lord is, no matter where you are in the stage of, of this fall, the Lord can move upon your heart. It's just recognizing. If the Lord pierces your heart today, begin to move backwards back to the revelation. If the Lord speaks to you and you feel that pull on your heart, don't push the pull away. Go, okay, Lord. This scares me. I don't know. I, I don't understand. I'm afraid of this. I, whatever it is, just be honest with the Lord and say, Lord, but I want to know you. And I'm willing to be willing. I'm willing to humble my heart. Lead me in that direction. Let me see the change. Back in the, uh, a long time ago, this is back in the uh, prehistoric ages, um, back in the 80s and 90s, uh, we talked a lot about paradigm shifts. Are you familiar with paradigm shifts? It was really big in the church. We talked a lot about it, about um, where you, you see something in a completely different way and it liberates you. It like changes your life. And so often what the Lord does is he gets us to move and to see, and then once we see, everything changes. And so Satan tries to keep us from turning to around to look at the Lord. Belshazzar had himself destroyed because he kept pushing away and kept pushing away and kept pushing away until there was no more time to turn. And he lost out on any kind of knowing the God of heaven. All he had was some drinks out of some gold goblets that melted anyway. None of his kingdom exists anymore. Everything that he put his trust in doesn't exist anymore. You can go and visit uh, the ruins in Iran, in Iraq. They're still, you can visit, but they're just ruins. That's all that's left. Don't let what remains of your life be in ruins. Just ruins. Hear the testimony of the Lord. Jesus loves you. Jesus forgives you. Jesus desires to heal you. Jesus desires to set you free. Jesus desires to bring you peace. Jesus desires to restore. And he is able to, and there is testimony of all of these things sitting next to you. So encourage yourself in the testimony of the Lord. Surround yourself instead of a thousand lords who will go along with you and wives and concubines who will go along with you. Surround yourself with people like Daniel who will call you out, who will spur you on, who will challenge you, who will say, but the Lord to you, who will remind you of the revelation so that you can humble your heart and say, Jesus, come on, Lord, give me the revelation again. Give me a fresh start, Lord. It says in James 1, 5 through 8, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask. If any man lacks wisdom, Lord, I need wisdom. And what wisdom is, is applied knowledge, 
to my practical situation. So Lord, give me the revelation for where I am today. Reveal Jesus to me for today, for this situation that I'm in, so that I can walk this out. That's 2024 for you. Hearing, holding, hoping, moving forward. Guys, I'm kind of like David. I'm done, so I don't want to... I don't want to go on and on. Let me just finish with this. Jesus has wonderful things for you this year. Hear him and be willing to lay down these areas. Say, Jesus, show them to me. Show me where I'm at, where I'm like Belshazzar right now. Show me that I can turn. Change my heart, Lord. This is not a message of condemnation, and if you're feeling condemned, rebuke it. That's not the voice of Jesus. That is something to get you off course, off thought, so that you aren't able to hear. Go back and listen to this podcast again. Get out of it, rebuke it, and then re-listen to this podcast again until you get it down in your heart that Jesus is for you and has wisdom over here for you. He's got this. He's not against you. He's not mad at you. He's not looking to destroy you. We walk into destruction because we walk away from who Jesus is. Jesus isn't like, there will be a time at the end when all men will be judged, when we stand before Jesus at the very end. This is not that time because you have breath in your lungs. So use the breath to cry out to Jesus. Jesus, I desire to know you today and to be conformed into your image and set free from every lie of the enemy and to walk in the fullness of what you have for me. Grace for grace. Full truth, Jesus. Amen? Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you, Lord, for 2024 and all that you have, Lord. You know what's going to be happening, Lord, especially with all the politics and the things that are going on in the world, Lord. You know. And so, Father, I pray, Lord, that there would be peace in our hearts, Lord, and that we would hear your voice and walk in your revelation, Father, and not walk in any kind of abusive behavior toward ourselves or toward others, Lord. Jesus, we humble ourselves this morning and we ask, Lord, for your help. Give us wisdom, Lord. We cry out to you from James 1, Father. Give us wisdom, Lord. We seek it. Give us wisdom, Lord, that we may walk in all that you have for us, Lord, that we may walk in your blessing, walk in who you are, Father, walk in relationship with you. As Paul said, Lord, we count all that we've gained in this world as dung, as garbage, as rubbish. To know you, Jesus. We desire to know you. Holy Spirit, we give you reign. Speak to us any way that's possible. Prick our hearts, bring people in our lives, give us dreams, reveal things from the word. Whatever it takes, Holy Spirit, grab our attention. Touch our hearts. Let our hearts be softened towards you. That we would hear as you show us who Jesus is. Father, thank you for your love for us. We rest in it, Lord. We rest in your love, Papa. Thank you, Father, for it. And we pray in the authoritative name of Jesus. Amen, amen, and amen.